Welcome to the Bald Guy Beer Review, Episode 1. My name is Chris. My name is Alan. And we're just two bald guys sitting in a basement drinking beer. So, good evening, Alan. This is Episode 1. We finally made it. Pretty excited. It's been a lot of trials and tribulations, but I think we finally got everything working right. We do. So, this is our first go at the beer review. So... What we're going to be doing is obviously drinking a beer, telling y'all what we think about it. In the future, we're going to have people from the breweries on the show to explain their brewery, uh, explain the beer, and then maybe we'll delve into some beer educational stuff. But for now, for the first couple of episodes, you're just going to get to listen to myself and Alan talk. So today we got a nice special sour beer in the glass. Alan, why don't you uh, tell us what we're drinking tonight? So today we have, from Deciduous Brewing up in Newmarket, New Hampshire, we have Double Lollipop Forest with blackcurrant, blueberry, and raspberry. Yeah, I just had a sip. It's pretty good. So here at the Bald Guy Beer Review, we're going to rate beers. So our rating system is going to vary a little bit. So for those of you out there that are familiar with Beer Advocate or rate beer or untapped usually beer rating apps go with a score out of five and they'll measure in quarter points um i don't like that i think it leaves a lot to be desired uh you know there's definitely been times where there's i've rated a beer at like three and a half but there's been a world of difference between that and another three and a half beer but i didn't want to drop it to three and a quarter I agree. I've, I've done the same thing where, you know, things will get clustered in the low fours. You know, it's you have a bunch of beers rated four, but you could easily line them up and say which one, in your opinion, was better or not. Right. So I'm going to basically explain the rating system. So the rating system is going to go one to ten. I really don't see a beer being anywhere one through five just because I don't think that that deserves time to drink and rate. So most of our beers are going to be six uh, to somewhere in the nines. And so I would say anything that gets a 6.0 or higher, you're looking at beers that are solid. Those are solid drinkable beers like, hey, I pick up at a 12-pack at a supermarket casually or at a gas station. Next up, we've got the sevens. The sevens, I would say, are excellent beers. These kind of stand... Stand above those solid beers. That that's where, like, if I'm at that same gas station and I could choose the 12 pack of the of the solid beer, I'm gonna go with the four pack of of the excellent beer. And then obviously we've got the eights. I would say eights. I don't know. Is there a difference between outstanding and excellent? I, I think you're like excellent boarding exceptional would be an eight. Right. So anywhere between eight to nine is excellent to exceptional. And then I would say nine is world-class. Like those are the breweries that, that stand alone, that if you're any kind of beer nerd that you've definitely heard of, they have beers that are always on your wish list. You'd probably drive quite lengthy amounts of time and spend exorbitant amounts of money to get all the other beers in addition to this one beer that has been rated as superior like world-class i would agree you might even plan your specific driving trip to another destination where you just happen to pass close enough to a brewery to justify the stop yes so that's definitely what it is so alan 
you are our first guest. Would you like to rate this beer first or would you like to get into your interview first? Well, I think we can go ahead and give this beer a rating and then give a little bit of description on it and we can kind of go from there and then that can lead into the questions. But uh, to answer your question, this beer is it's pretty solid for me. I think I'm going to give it a uh, 7.1. Um, it's a little sweeter than I normally like in a sour, but it's not overly tart. And it's, you know, you can sit down casually, easily drink it, and you can identify the flavors, in my opinion. And it's uh, quite a good beer. All right, 7-1. Yeah, that's a good initial impression. Uh, I hate to be the, the bearer of low-ball low bad news, but I'm going to go 6.7 on this one. And here's why. Um, there's a couple of things, and I'm going to be nitpicky. And, you know, if you're a beer purist, you're like, well, that has nothing to do with the beer. I can hear you screaming at me if you're even if you've even listened this far. I can hear you screaming at me <laughs> where from where I sit. But a couple things that that bother me. One, I don't know. So this is a fruited sour, right? As Alan mentioned before, I couldn't tell you without looking at my phone what fruits are in it because it's not listed specifically on the can. That bothers me. Um, it just does. And that affects my rating. I like the can art. I think it's really cool. So moving on to the beer itself, I think it's really well done. It's not overly sour. Um, it's not smashed so badly with fruit fruit, uh, fruit puree that that's all you get. Yeah. The beer, you know, I definitely understand that I'm drinking a beer as opposed to a carbonated uh, fruit puree that has yeah, been Yeah, carbonated milkshake or something along those lines. Yep. Yeah. It definitely has an awesome, like, dark magenta kind of almost reddish color. Uh doesn't really have a lot of head on it or lacing, but I don't really mind that. Um but yeah, and then it smells just like the the fruit puree which with has that like sour smell to it, so. Yeah, I think one of the other things I liked about it was the uh texture. It's not an overly thick beer, but it's not super thin. Like you you get a real good body of taste with it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm going 6-7 because it's pretty standard. And that's just a personal opinion of mine. Like, as far as sours go, I'm not really into the fruited puree ones. I'm having trouble saying that. I know what you're trying to say. Like, pretty much the ones where you pour it out and you could float a bottle cap on the top. It's that thick of the fruited puree. Yeah, and I guess I would just say I like Berliner Weiss more. Um, You know... My experience in brewing, I didn't get around sours that much. I don't know if this is a kettle sour or or what they kind of did with uh, to get this one made. Um, but no, I mean, it's a very solid beer, though. I- I'm sticking by my rating. I agree. With sours, there's a lot of personal uh, tastes and personal flavors that get in there with your ratings. And I will also have to agree that it's kind of annoying when you get a sour and the flavors aren't listed on the can because that just, you know, it's one of those little pet peeves. Because you buy them, sometimes you know you sit them in the fridge because they can last a little longer, and then you forget what's in it, and you got to play the guessing game when you pour it. What is this? Yeah, I mean, I look at the entire experience of like my beer drinking, and if any of the listeners are anything like me, my huge thing is I I really like my untapped account. I like I like checking in a beer. And then when I check it in, I'm like, and I think I haven't had it before, but I really had it five years ago. And then I'm like, oh man, yeah, five years ago, that 
yeah, that's pretty wild. And sometimes I can remember where I was when I had it. Most of the time I, I can't, but especially with these fruited sours, if I can't tell what it is and I picked the wrong one, I think that that's annoying. I, I don't know. No, I agree with you. I, th- I think that's just one of those pet peeves. It's not strictly deciduous that's done it. I've, I've had them from other breweries that they'll just say the name of the beer and you know they make five, six, seven different flavors and you forget which is which and you're trying to line up can art to equal it out. Just what? do us a little favor in the future. Print the fruits. Yeah, and you know, truth be told, I think that you know, I want to be nitpicky. I want it to be about the whole experience. I'm trying to make breweries do better, I guess, is at the end of the day, I'm just taking the whole experience, not just the beer. I mean, the beer itself, I think, is really solid. I really enjoy it. I would definitely be super happy buying a four-pack of this. In fact, you know, the next time I'm, I see Deciduous, I'm definitely picking up a four-pack of their sours. Like, I think they're very well done. I could just stand to list out what's on there like and, and this goes for the same for like rotational um hop beers too so if you're doing uh you know an ipa that rotates whatever hop you're gonna put through it list it if yeah, i don't mind it if you want to keep the same label but that's also a difficulty too i guess yeah it's a, that i think that you get into some other problems with the same label but there's a lot of breweries that'll list things right out along the side for you um, Drecker out of South Dakota does a really good job on most of their beers, their sours, their IPAs. Right on the side, they'll list all the hops, the different fruit they used, or whatever gimmick they call it is going into this beer. You know, so, so stuff like that's really appreciated by the consumer. And sometimes maybe these breweries don't understand. Maybe that's what the customer wants to see. That and hearing it might help. Yeah, and you know, like you're never gonna plant. Uh... You're never going to be able to please everybody, I suppose. Some people would be like, hey, I don't like how you do that or whatever. And maybe I'm I'm in the minority. Like, I think, you know, a brewery that comes to mind that does this, like, religiously is Foundation up in Maine. They, like, literally list what the malt bill is. Now, they don't tell you how much, obviously. Yeah. But, but they tell, you know, they, they give you a general gist of what's in the beer. So... Yeah, but it's a really solid, uh, drinkable sour. I enjoy it very much. If it was a hot summer day, sitting on the back porch or down the beach, out on the lake, uh, even fishing, I would very much enjoy this beer. I think it can also be enjoyed in the winter. It, it doesn't really matter. It's I think it's really well done. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it, Certainly the no label of the fruits wouldn't stop me from buying it. It's just personal preference that I would enjoy it for the future. All right, so I guess that's that's the final say on the beers, right? You, you're yep, going seven we got one, seven one for me, and I'm going six point seven. Definitely solid scores. Definitely a beer I would buy again, and certainly if I ever saw it on draft someplace, I'd try it. Yeah, well, you know, and maybe in the future, uh, I would love to do Deciduous Brewery again. I think we're going to be visiting a lot of breweries multiple times because uh, there's so much beer out there, and I think it would be pretty easy. And then maybe we can get some inside, some inside scoops as to why this, you know, I, I our minor complaints. They could address our very, very minor complaints. Yep, and and you know, Deciduous is getting a pretty big following. They've done a lot of different collaborations with breweries around the country, so they're obviously doing great things out there. And we definitely like to see and hear more from them. Yeah. So let's transition into the final part of the show here, Alan, and let's get to know the co-host. 
co-founder, the the other bald guy himself, Mr. Alan Larrabee. Thanks, Chris. Really appreciate the little introduction there. Uh, definitely been a long time coming with this podcast for us. We had our trials and tribulations, but we got the equipment going and we're ready to have at it. Yeah, I would say so. So, I mean, Alan, do you remember when you started drinking craft beer? You know, all through like college and everything, I was, you know, Bud Light, Budweiser, you know, we pour back in the day, Keystone Light, it's a little bit cheaper. But, you know, Sam Adams, the seasonal beers, the summer ale, um, you know, even their, their six packs of the cherry wheat, Blackberry Wit, those things I think were really like the door opening to spending a little more money, getting something that had more flavor, a little more like uh, handcrafted feel to it that you just felt like the quality. And then it just kind of went on from there, mainly into stouts, dark beers. I would tell you I hated IPAs for the longest time um, because I thought the old school bitter IPAs um, like your Sierra Nevadas and stuff like that. And that wasn't something I enjoyed. And then all of a sudden, New England IPAs are out there and someone gave me one. I begrudgingly tried it and, you know, a whole new world opened up. Yeah. So we're going to date you a little bit here, Alan. So if you're a person, I would say that is more recently into craft beer and by more recently, I would be like 2011 onward. You'd be like, what is he talking about? Like Sam Adams, really? He didn't go down to his local brewery. And I would say in the mid 2000s to late 2000s, like there were some craft breweries, but for the most part, at least here in New Hampshire, the craft beer that you could get, um, I think, so it was Moat Mountain, Tuckerman's, uh, Woodstock Inn. Those were like the real, like crafty yeah. craft. And then, but for the most part, it was like, yeah, your Sierra Nevada, Smutty Nose, definitely Sam Adams. Uh, yeah, so I definitely get you with with getting into those first. Yeah, you're definitely talking back like, you know, 2004, 2005, back in the day, they're starting to creep out. Nice. Nice. So what are you into drinking now? Right now, um, love New England IPAs, love sours. Uh, I prefer the sours that are the balanced sweet and tart. The overly tart or the overly sweet really aren't my my thing. Um, the thick, full, e- either of those are good. And then I've still always been a huge uh, stout fan. The pastry stouts, the flavored stouts, barrel-aged. Um, everything like that. All right. All right. Hate to put you on the spot or make you choose just one. So if you want to give a couple shout outs, I won't mind, but do you got a favorite brewery? Uh, favorite brewery hands down for me is going to be Treehouse, And then there's a lot of close seconds. Um, I really, you're such a fanboy. Yeah, Go pretty on. much. I mean, I'll tell you, I judge almost every brewery off Treehouse if I'm driving to it. Because if it's going to take me an hour and a half to get to Treehouse and an hour to get someplace else, I'd rather drive that other half hour if the quality of beer is just a little better. But I do love the brewery experiences, trying new things. So, you know, outside of Treehouse, Bissell Brothers is great. Um, I like like the little local ones like Backyard because the beer is pretty good and the food, everything, the environment, you know, just really kicks it up. But, you know... You bring me to a brewery, I'm probably going to have a good time. There's very few times where I haven't. 
Yeah, I mean, we're, we'll definitely be touching on this subject many times throughout the show, but I personally feel we're in a huge golden age of beer. It's very hard. There are, there are places that are better than others. And then you kind of touched on it too, where there's places that are just different than other places. Like, so backyard, right? I definitely agree. The food and the atmosphere is a big part of it. Their beer is, is solid. Don't get me wrong. I really love their beer, but I'm not putting them on the same. I don't, I don't look at them the same way as I do a Treehouse or a Bissell Brothers, the other two that you mentioned. I, I, I kind of put them off in their own separate category because I feel like they're like a restaurant with a nice brewery as opposed exactly. to a brewery with that serves some nice food. Nope, I, I agree with exactly what you said. And if and if backyard wasn't right in my neighborhood, I, I don't I wouldn't drive way out of my way to go there. But if I'm in the area and I had been there before, the environment, the food's certainly great. I, I definitely go back. It's just one of those things like right now where we are, there's so many small breweries around that maybe you're not buying their four packs, but you have a great time with the food, the atmosphere they provide, and the beer on tap and the staff is certainly worthwhile going there. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, stalled out for questions. I think that I think that that's it for me. Well, that's pretty good. Um, you know, I certainly appreciate the questions, I think. I think everybody has what they like and what they don't like. And as long as you're open to trying new things and can appreciate other people's opinions, what I might not like, you might love. And and that's okay. That's what the beer world's all about. There's plenty of beer to go around. And, you know, if people are brewing it, there's somebody out there that loves it. And that's their go-to beer that they want to drink. So we're all kind of about don't hate on somebody if that's what they like. It's not trash. You know, you're not going to tell me what's trash and I'm not going to tell you what's trash. We're just giving our opinions and having a good time. Yeah. And you know what? On that note, uh, we can we can start closing up the show here or episode one, I should say. Maybe it's the show. We don't know yet. Will there be an episode two? I think there will be. But, you know, we certainly will see. Yeah. So on that on that vein, you know, I really want to reiterate and hit home like any criticism that I give about a brewery unless there's something seriously wrong, like quality with a beer, like if I drink a Pilsner and it is sour, that is something wrong that is, that has gone wrong with the beer. I'm simply just pointing it out. And I, it's, I'm probably pointing it out because I want the brewery to be able to recover from that and get better. Um, I think that the craft beer industry is full of really hardworking, dedicated people and beer and any kind of fermented product is like a living organism and it is very hard and difficult to control quality once you know these cans of of deciduous and this is a fine sour by the way it's really well done um but these cans that sit in front of us as soon as they left the brewery they are out of their control there is nothing that they can do to them anymore they are going to a distributor or they're in the back of their van and now they're on a shelf at a gas station or what have you. And, you know, like I mentioned before, I think that part of the things that we want to do with this show as well is we have, you know, the show has connections to industry folk and we want to bring people on to maybe educate some people like, Hey, I got cans one time that exploded. Can you tell me why that happened? What brought that about? Um, is that the brewery being reckless? Do they suck? Or is that just something that's kind of part of the game? And how do you figure that out? You know, or, like I said, the Pilsner that goes sour. So any kind of criticism that we give, especially like the criticisms that we've given of Deciduous this beer, 
I, these are my criticisms. You didn't list the fruit on the on the label, and I didn't. I don't know if I mentioned it before, but there's no date on the bottom of the can. It looks like there's a, a message, so maybe maybe these cans missed the date coder. But those are just things that I like to see because I just like to be aware of those things. Like, call me a snob. It's just something that I check out because again. Yeah, I, I, that's that's a rant for another time. No, I agree with you, especially the dates. I, with the sour, I'm not, I'm not. It's not going to stop me from buying it most times. But I, I just like to see, just so you know, maybe first in, first out on the fridge, or you saving them. You know, just don't save them too long, type thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I think that's going to do it for episode one. Let us know what you thought. Uh, leave a comment, like, subscribe, follow us. I think we're pretty much going to be on Spotify for now, eventually probably doing YouTube uh, once we can get a video component to the show. Um, you got anything? No, I think I think that's it. Definitely let us know what you think, what you want to see in the future, anything like that. We appreciate your listen, like, or subscribe. All right. You can follow us on, on Instagram at Bald Guy Beer Reviews. You can follow us on Facebook at Bald Guy Beer Reviews. We do not have a YouTube currently. You can email us at baldguybeerreviews at gmail.com. And then I'd also just like to give a couple of quick shout out. Thank you to Patrick Quinn Fine Art for our logo. It's awesome. And then thank you to Kevin Sullivan over there in jolly old England for producing our intro and outro music. You guys are awesome. We thank you very much.